in our continuing effort to bring you rock and roll music that deserves to be heard and have conversations with the artists creating the music, today we are pleased to have a young artist by the name of JT Lux join Radio Bypass. How are you, JT? I'm great, Ralph. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Oh, no problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Um, so, JT, uh, just let everybody know, because we haven't had the opportunity to play your music yet, you just had your debut album released on April 30th, and the name of the album is Taken by Moonlight, and you worked with Frank Hannon in creating this, and your band actually came together during this pandemic. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. We uh, started in March of 2020, and um, you know, two weeks later, everything shut down, and we were really bummed in the moment because we were really excited to get out there and just eager to play. But honestly, it worked in our favor because we were able to uh, really kind of like sit down and work on songwriting, which uh, Frank taught us is the most important, valuable thing that you can have in music is, is to be able to write your own songs. You know, you could play a million million guitar riffs, but if it's not a melody that someone can hum along to, it's not worth it. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So these songs that make up uh, your new release, these were all written with, with the other two guys that make up your band, right? Yeah, so the process of the of the record kind of went, it differs from track to track, but most of the time it would start with um, me on an acoustic guitar and just kind of an, a rough idea. And then I'd bring it to my band and I'd ask them what they thought about it. And then usually from there, the song kind of took more life and became more of like um, more rock, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then after that phase of us jamming it together, then we would bring it to Frank and he would he would sit down and listen to it and be like, well, this part's really good and this is really good, but you need to swap this part out. So he'd help, but he'd coach us. He, he basically like a, a coach on a, on a sports team and he'd help us um, kind of take out the parts that he thought would be, you know, filler and, and try and just kind of like make every, every single – part of the song intentional got it got it and i know um i was told that you were working a lot on the development of harmonies um was that partly driven by the fact that you are only a three-piece or what what what's so important for you for harmonies yeah uh, i think the main reason was because we were a trio and we wanted to prove to people that we you know how much sound we could produce with just three guys i think um that that challenge really intrigued us because you know a lot of people say that trios can't you know can't produce a, a full enough sound but um on top of that you know my guys um ethan pekka and zach cook had never sang before so when they joined the band i told them you know i i wanted to work on three-part harmonies and so we spent a lot a lot of this past year working on that as well so um developing that was a was a journey for sure I bet. I bet. And yeah, and, and you know, you're right about that with the three pieces, but of course, you know, look at some of the great three pieces, Rush, Triumph, you know, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, it can be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then you guys all being, you know, young guys, when I listen to the record, you've got a lot of different um, flavors here on this album, and I can hear a lot of different types of sounds in the music. Um, what, you know, I know some, you know, I'm sure some of the more current bands influenced you but seems like you also are influenced by a lot of older artists um who are some of your influences yeah you're definitely right about the uh 
the modern artists, we definitely tr take pride in, in finding those underground rock bands nowadays because, you know, everyone says that there's no good music out there, but I truly believe that if you look for it, you'll be able to find it. Um, but definitely, I think you hit it, you hit it right there with the uh, being influenced by the older rock bands as well. I know um, I got into the Beatles very, at a very young age, around middle school. I got this book about the Beatles and it had a lot of these pictures and, and describing, you know, what they were doing in the studio. And I was super fascinated by it all, you know, and all, all the, all the people in my class would laugh at me because they're all listening to different types of music. But I really, I really enjoyed, you know, I just was fascinated by the Beatles and then that kind of carried over into uh, Hendrix and, and Eric Clapton and, and then the doors and Robbie Krieger and stuff like that. And so it was like a lot of the sixties rock psychedelic rock that, first turned me on to that rock music that um you know it eventually influenced me to start playing guitar and uh you know i think a lot of bands today are still influenced by those 60s bands i think that 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 10 years of music like really changed a lot of uh the way music was written uh, even to this day it certainly did i can't agree with you more on that there's no question about that now, now you're being now you're so young how, how long have you been playing guitar I've been playing guitar for about nine and a half years. I started when I was um, 11 years old, the summer time, right right before I started middle school. we um, My parents got me into guitar lessons, and um, I originally wanted to be a drummer. My first concert I went to was a Queensryche concert in 2009. I was nine years old. Wow. And, yeah, so I, I saw them, and I really wanted to be a drummer, but I think that um, my parents encouraged more the guitar because of the... <laughs> It'd be a little bit quieter for them, <laughs> but you know, you know, I I really like that. I really love that I ended up picking guitar because it really allows me to express myself really well. And and then, um, you know, I so I started playing guitar around 11, 12 years old, but um, I didn't start singing until um, right before I turned 20, which is about a little over a year ago now. So I just turned 21, but. Um, you know, I never really had the confidence to sing ever. I never really saw myself as a singer before um, working with Frank. He, but he encouraged me to just, you know, start easy, start with stuff, you know, Hendrix and stuff like that, because it's not too it's not like you're trying to sing, you know, Freddie Mercury or anything. You're not trying you're not trying to be someone you're not. And he, he told me that. And I said, well, man, I'm not a singer you know, I can't do this. And he said, well, dude, you can do anything that you that you put your mind to. And so I really uh, spent this last whole year working on my singing and developing that more than anything else did you did you did you go to a vocal coach at all because your um your vocals are fantastic especially if you just started within the last year or so especially on waited so long there's all kinds of things going on in your voice on that song uh did you take get a coach or no i d i didn't really take much many lessons um a lot of the stuff that i learned was from frank just about um he told me it was mostly about, you know, your confidence. If you go into something singing it with no confidence, no one's going to believe in what you're singing. So what I learned a lot from him was just to the delivery of it, the delivery aspect of, of making every single note count, you know. And, and um, I think that that was the most valuable lesson. I started looking, I started working on online on like YouTube and looking up videos on how to sing, but it, not, no formal training, though. That's that's interesting. Well, you may not have fancied yourself a singer, but I think you've come a come a, come a long way and done a great job. You sound fabulous on this record. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. 
Oh, yeah, no problem. And let's talk about how did you and Frank Hannon connect? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people ask that, actually. And, um, you know, I, I, I've been a huge Tesla fan growing up. My parents are actually in the Love Song music video from 1989. They're like just a little bit older than I am right now. So I think that I, that's a funny story that I get to tell. They, they spent like two weeks making this banner for Love Song. And uh, I just think that that's, that's such a cool story. But That is. Yeah, so my dad would take me to, to like the local shows that Frank would do. And, um, you know, Frank started noticing my guitar videos online. And then when I turned 18, he offered me a job working at his ranch. Um, and, uh, you know, we decided to exchange um, working on the ranch for studio time because, you know, I had just graduated high school and I didn't have any money. And he, you know, he needed a lot of help. And so we started exchanging that with my previous band. He started helping me work with them. And then when that fell apart and, and broke away, he, he started encouraging me to sing and do my own thing and not have to rely on anybody. And so, you know, we did that exchange thing for a long time. We still do it to this day. And, and like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't have gotten better advice from somebody. It was, you know, that, that was the best advice I ever received was to sing my own songs. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's it's a great mentor. Uh, I'm just amazed with Frank because it seems like he's finding all kinds of great talent this last year that I keep uh, getting turned on to. I'm like, man, it's amazing. But that's a cool story how you guys hooked up. And then you mentioned that you were working with other musicians. How did you, Zach and Ethan, uh, come together? How'd you find those guys? That's an interesting story, too, because, um, you know, I had just left my previous band and I was feeling down in the dumps and I just started singing and, and I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll just do the, you know, the acoustic thing, the, the solo artist type deal. And, and I put a, I put like a private link out on, on SoundCloud and uh, the drummer Zach heard it. And uh, we ran into each other at NAMM 2020 and uh, you know, that's January of 2020. So we right. didn't start the band until the two, two months later, but, but uh, you know, everything started kind of fell together pretty quickly. And, and me and him got together a couple of times and jammed. And he said, you know, I know this guy named Ethan and, and, and I had actually seen them a couple of times at a, other clubs. They had opened for my old band and stuff and, and they were really, really grooving. And so their band had, had just uh, split up and my band had just split up. So it was like perfect timing. And so uh, the good thing about those guys too, is they're best friends. So when we started the band, the chemistry was already really good. And so it pretty much allowed us to start writing songs right away. Awesome. That's excellent. And um, you just got a chance to, to play live with, with the guys, right, in, uh, in Dallas? Yeah, pretty much our debut show. You know, we played a couple of private things here and there. But um, uh, the Dallas International Guitar Festival, May 1st and 2nd, we just hit up. And, and uh, we couldn't have been more happy with how the results turned out. We were able to get on Eddie Trunk's show and, and he he um, played the, the 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 single. He introduced us every single day at the Dallas show, and and told us that you know he loved our music, and and we got a lot of praise from it. So we couldn't be happier with the results, you know. That's great. That's great. Any uh, more live opportunities coming up? Yeah, we got a couple things coming up here in the hometown, um, and we made a lot of connections in the Dallas area. So we're hoping to be back out there. Um, you know, and, and as California opens up more and more with the less of the COVID restrictions, we're we're hoping to play more shows here. The only thing is that in Dallas, like I think they're a lot more uh, forward 
in like uh they have a lot more things opened up and a lot more opportunities out there so california still kind of feels a little stagnant now now the last i heard about california though weren't there, are, are, and maybe this isn't what's happening but are, are you still i thought i heard you were doing a, like a full reopening whatever that means um june 15th is that still on the table that's what i heard you know but you know things change day to day so you know i don't really count on on those types of dates we just kind of keep our heads down and keep focusing on writing and making new music videos and, and doing the production stuff and that because you know when we first started we kept getting really really discouraged by all this news around the world sure and then we, we realized that every all of that was out of, out of our control so we just decided to keep focusing on ourselves and and continue to improve every single day that's a good goal that's a good way to be well, we, now that we know the background of the band and how you how you got together, let's talk now about the record. So, Waited So Long it was the debut single, and you do have a video to go along with that one. I posted that on our um, uh, Facebook page for Radio Bypass yesterday. Um, and you mentioned videos. you have another one coming or already done? Yeah, yesterday we just released one for Taken by Moonlight, and... Um... A good, cool backstory behind that is uh, we wanted to simulate moonlight because um, I really wanted to shoot this this video in complete darkness um, because, hence, you know, the, the the song taken by moonlight, the, the video wouldn't really fit well if it was during the daytime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we were struggling for a little bit to figure out how to do that because, it, it, you know, if we wanted to use lights, it would be a little bit too harsh. So what we did actually is, um, we hung these uh, queen size mattress sheets in like 15 feet in the air um, in these trees that we, we were standing under. And then above that, we tied a rope above that about five feet higher and, and hung a bunch of lights. And what it did is it diffused the lights into where it made it look like moonlight, like real moonlight. So we were really happy with how that video turned out. That's cool. And, and you said it's out now. People can see that. It's out, yeah, it's so out you there. can you can visit our YouTube channel. That's uh, JT Lux. That's J T L O U X, and uh, you know we're all over the socials too with it. So you'll be able to click all the links and whatnot. Perfect. And you just launched a website, jtlux.com as well, right? Yes, we did uh, jtlux.com, and we're gonna have a lot of merchandise on there, and a lot of uh, different um, events and everything that will be updated. And so if you guys are interested in seeing us live this upcoming year, you can check it You can check it out on that website. Perfect. And uh, speaking of Taken by Moonlight, that is one of my early favorites from the record. Um, but I got to ask you, my, my, right now, my, I always, when I listen to a, a new record, I always have early favorites, and then I go back and I have other favorites. But right now, my early number one favorite on this record is Sick and Twisted. <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's what, great, man. What influenced that song? Because I, I love everything about it, the lyrics, the vocals, the, the guitar parts, just everything. Uh, what, what, what was behind that song? Yeah, the, the funny thing is, is that that's, that main riff of that song was actually part of a different song, but it was so weird, and, and the, the timing of it is like a, a measure of four four and then a, and then a measure of seven four and so it was really weird to sing over and, and work on melodies so it kind of got put to the side for a while and then you know one day I I, w I had just gotten into an argument with somebody and I was super mad and you know I pulled out that riff and I just wrote the lyrics to it you know and, and it's funny because 
when I was imagining that riff was just this, you know, it's got this kind of anger feeling to it. So, um, and then, you know, later on we recorded that, um, the drum track and everything to it. And then that was actually the last, um, vocal track that we recorded right before we released it. So, you know, that song kind of was put to the side and then revived at the last second. It almost didn't make it on the record. Well, I'm glad it made it because, I, like I said right now, that's my number one fave off of it. And I like the aggression of it I, and the riff. The riff is fantastic. Um, hey, thanks, man. So, I appreciate that. So I really like that one. So that's that's probably my, my number one for right now, taken by Moonlight. And yeah, maybe Kingpin are about tied for, like, second place for me right now. And um, and then the first single, Waited So Long, I think is a beautiful song. Tell us about that one. Yeah, that song was uh, interesting because uh, it came together really, really quick in like about 15 or 20 minutes. I had uh, I'd been driving and the main melody kind of popped into my head. And so I pulled over and and just sang it into my phone. And then when I got back, I like was I grabbed the guitar and I figured out the, the what the guitar part should be underneath it. And then later that same night, I jammed it with my band, which is pretty unusual because usually I'll sit at home for you know a couple days with a song before i bring it to them because i'm more of like that perfectionist type thing and and i didn't want to bring a song to them too early but i i had confidence in the song itself and i felt like it had developed enough to where i could bring it to the guys and we could create something really great out of it and then um as you know that that same night uh which was funny because i jammed it with my band that same night and then later that same night frank came came around and listen to it so it was like that three that three-step process that it takes for a song to go through it went it went that three-step process all in like the matter of like six hours so that song came together really quick <laughs> that's awesome i like that i like that maybe maybe that's why it sounds the way it does right because it was just so organic yeah it was very spontaneous and and uh the one thing that i really liked about this whole record is we didn't use a click track at all and um, a lot of bands nowadays, go, you know, it's automatic. They start with the click track and they and they go for it right away. But, um, you know, there's a lot of records out there, you know, the Hend- Hendrix, the Doors, Led Zeppelin, not, you know, Van Halen. None of those guys recorded with clicks and mm-hmm. they just had really solid timing together and chemistry. And my drummer, uh, Zach Cook, he's a 20 year old kid and he's got such such great timing that we we felt confident we could do this whole record without a click track yeah and so and you know and even though the click track can make it perfect i mean even if the drummer does in my opinion anyway even if the drummer does speed up or slow down a little bit from where he should be that kind of spontaneity and and vibe is still important even if it's a little bit off i think yeah, definitely. I think the vibe is almost is just as important as the riff or how the guitar tone sounds. You know, people can sit down and listen to it and really relate to it. You know, that's super important. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, you're, I, I watched the video for waited so long, and and, um, and of course I've listened to the record. And yeah, your drummer's great, but so is your bass player. And I was so surprised to see a young guy playing a Rickenbacker. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh getty lee inspired you know the, yeah the guy from yes uh played played a rickenbacker and chris squire yeah yeah and and so uh i really like the bite that the rickenbackers have and um we went to a place called bizarre guitar in reno shout out to greg golden he's a great uh friend of ours and i've heard his name know, i've heard of him yeah yeah he's been around forever man since the 70s and 80s and 
he's been uh, out there you know his shop's doing great you guys go check out bizarre guitar um and uh you know he had get he, he got us a great deal on that rickenbacker and um for us you know really young guys you know uh, we didn't have a lot of money so you know uh, ethan ended up saving up for a couple months and we we took a trip out to reno and he gave us a really good deal on it uh, you know being a really good friend of ours and and it really helps with the trio because the the rickenbacker's got such a full sound that it almost sounds like a second guitar player you know uh, yes i believe that i agree I agree. That, that, yeah, that's I, that's one of the reasons it caught my attention. That that's what he was playing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and that video for waited so long was super fun to shoot. We we shot it with our friend Brandon, uh, and uh, we were able to shoot it at this big house. And and I, I was really a big advocate of not just making a music video where we're just playing the whole time. I really like you know different them there being different aspects of this like a storyline and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So throughout the music video you can see there's different scenes and everything so we wanted to make it like a little short film you know we didn't want it to be just a, a little performance video we wanted to go all out with it yeah well your friend did a great job it looks it looks good hey thank you man you're welcome and then speaking of vibe that we mentioned a little bit earlier how did you guys record this record were you guys together or did everybody have to do things separately with this covid yeah, luckily we were all together, you know, um, because if we were if we were emailing stuff back and forth, we wouldn't have been able to do it without a click track, which, you know, so we were able to record it all live in the room together, you know, and, and um, it, it really shows throughout the record that you can tell we're in a room together and the chemistry is there. And, you know, a lot of the guitar solos, like the guitar solos, both the guitar solos were waited so long. It's from the actual live recording. There was no overdubs on the the lead guitar. It was from in the room. So like uh, you nice. can hear the drum the drum bleed and everything when uh, you solo it out. And um, throughout the record, we we you know kept that same theme. The the song "Love Is a Drug." It's the fourth track off the record. We had I I had that verse riff for like months. And we, we kept trying these different choruses and, and I just felt like it wasn't right yet. So that song almost got canned too. But um, we ended up sitting down and working on it with Frank. And then the next day, you know, we, we were recording at like 11 a.m. And we get in there and into the studio and the very first take we get it. And everything that you hear on that, it, uh, Love is a Drug, the rhythm guitar and everything uh, and all the drum tracks, it's all one take. Oh, man, that's awesome. I love that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, there's there's a couple mistakes in there that we have, but you know, we decided to leave them in there because it's raw and it's real, and and like you said, the vibe is so important that if we tried to recreate the same exact thing, it wouldn't have been the same. For sure, for sure. I, I'm so glad you guys think that way because a lot of musicians don't realize the importance of that, you know, and 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 it's just yeah, it's just it's just to me, it's just this is the most important thing is that vibe. Yeah, man. And that's what people were, you know, thinking about in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And then I think, um, you know, I love 80s, 80s and 90s music, but, you know, it was more about the aesthetic, I think. Um, uh, You know, there's a lot of 80s bands. Like I said, like Tesla was different, though. You know, Tesla was was instead of being all glam and stuff, they were more that jeans and T-shirts and they were more about the songs and the vibe and the arrangement and having really great songs. And, and I think that's what he, te- what Frank teaches us the most was uh, to write great songs. 
Yeah. No, I, I agree. And yeah, and and when you think about Tesla coming out of the eighties, I mean they always were, in my opinion too, just a straight up rock and roll band. You know, they everybody liked using that hair metal term and they kinda at the time got lumped under that term and and I thought, no, that's not right. These guys are just a straight up rock band, period. And their stuff sounded to me very organic too. I don't think they went and did 8 million overdubs on every little thing and made everything 100% perfect either. I think it was all real, from the heart, rock and roll. And that's the yeah. stuff that I think touches people more, you know? Oh, for sure. And I think that, um, you know, they actually advertised on their first record, No Machines, which was no click tracks or anything. And so right. um, that's kind of where that original thought came from. Uh, to do it, do do the whole record with no click. You know, I had originally kind of was against the idea because I grew up thinking that you needed you needed the click track because uh, that's just what everyone does, you know. But you know, Frank Frank encouraged it, you know, and and having such a killer drummer such as Zach um, allowed us to have that freedom to be able to do that. And and he he's so good that he's able to, you know, speed up and slow down the song in in ways where it doesn't sound unorganic and it's got a flow to it and, and it's got that vibe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think you got a good lineup here i think you're very lucky with these two guys hey thanks man yeah. thank you got a good rhythm section all right so jt before we wrap up is there anything else that uh, we should know about the jt lux band uh yeah just check us out on instagram at jt lux that's j-t-l-o-u-x and our website is the same as well and uh, we're going to be releasing music videos coming up here more and more, some more live videos. And, and uh, we just got back from the Dallas Guitar Festival. We're hoping to, to do some more traveling here um, this upcoming summer with everything opening up. And we're just excited to uh, have the record finally out. You can go check us out on Spotify at JT Lux. And we have pre-order CDs for the physical copies um available now on our website so you can if you if you're into the physical cds you can go get those as well got it yeah and that was going to be my my final question about the physical so thanks for answering that because i am the physical guy <laughs> yeah a lot of people are man uh, you know uh we do have a lot of younger fans our age but that aren't they don't even have cd players but right a lot of, a lot of people are into that having something physical something they can actually feel and touch and and, and i still think that that's an important aspect of music you know we want to we want to do vinyl eventually but you know the demand has to be there we're going to see how the physical cds do first yeah it's pretty expensive to manufacture vinyl right now it's a tough that's a tough call but we would love to I'm sure. I'm sure. And as a music fan, for as long as I've been, I still prefer vinyl for the overall sound quality, but um, but I get the expense part of it. Yeah. Uh, all right, JT. Well, thank you so much for coming by Radio Bypass and hanging out with me here a little bit and telling us about your band. I, as I said at the beginning, have not had the opportunity to turn our Radio Bypass audience on to any of your music yet, so I want to wrap this up with your first single waited so long but i also want to add one more song and i wanted you to pick which track that should be yeah let's go ahead and go with uh taken by moonlight we just like i said you know we just got a new music video out for that one as well so people will be able to listen to the song and then go straight over and watch the music video all right awesome all right, everybody. Well, that's JT Lux joining us today. And uh, stick around right now and check out his music, starting with Waited So Long, and then that'll go right into 
the title track from the album Taken by Moonlight. Thanks a lot, JT. Thank you so much, Ralph.
taking my moonlight Save it for tonight When I see you Something don't seem right Where's your appetite For my love and affection For my love